When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti, Jamie of course, at Lightning underscore round. We are here early to break down the Thursday night matchup against the Chiefs. A very pivotal matchup. This will be the Chargers' most important game of the season to date. If they beat the Chiefs, they control their own destiny. They will have sole lead of the AFC West with the tiebreakers. This is a huge Almost playoff-like game here on Thursday, so let's get right into it, Jamie. We'll start with the uh, Chiefs' offense. The last time they met the Chargers, uh, Chargers forced four turnovers on this offense. Mahomes threw two picks. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Tyreek Hill each have a fumble. So lots of turnovers, but let's let's talk about this offense a little bit different now. Let's start with how Mahomes is doing now. Yeah, um, I think. If I was going to use a word to describe Holmes, Mahomes for this year compared to what we've seen in years past, I would say it's frustrated. You could even throw impatient in there. Um, they're still struggling with turnovers. I think uh, that the week three performance against KC actually kind of wound up being uh, kind of a microcosm of KC's season offensively, right? With the turnovers and the missed opportunities and just – underperforming um in general and you're still seeing some of that granted they they got hot after the chargers played them in week three um 
they're they've been beating up on some bad competition, but now they're nine and four. Um, you know, they're coming off of just steamrolling the Raiders, but I think overall Mahomes is still not what we're used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's seeing a lot more two deep coverages, which is forcing him to hold the ball and check the ball down a lot. And it seems like they are willing to take that to a certain point being, they being the chiefs and they'll get, you know, right around midfield, maybe cross the midfield mark, dinking and dunking and running the ball effectively. And then they get impatient and they start trying to throw the ball deep and it derails a lot of their drives. Uh, and you're seeing Mahomes throwing the ball behind people. Um, you're seeing receivers just clank balls off their hands, winding up in, in defenders hands. You know, one of the things that worried me about Mahomes coming out was that he was so loose with the football, uh, made a lot of, you know, WTF kind of throws, um, <laughs> that he got away with, uh, in college. And he was getting away with them early in his career, not really getting away with a lot of those decisions, a lot of those throws this year, that's kind of caught up to him to a certain degree. So, uh, definitely going to be some opportunities to, I think get after Mahomes with interior pressure, force him to hold the ball, use some of those two deep coverages and hopefully force some mistakes, both throwing the ball and he's been loose with the ball in terms of ball security in the pocket too. some opportunities to get to him and hopefully knock the ball out and create some sudden changes and some short fields for the Chargers offense. Yeah, frustrated, impatient. I mean, those are uh, good ways to describe how Mahomes is playing right now. And also, you know, his stats, uh, even though they've won six in a row, are pretty inflated because of Gus Bradley's Raiders. Uh, Ian Harditz had tweeted this out and put some stats together. In the two games that the Raiders played, uh, Mahomes Mahomes was had seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 74% completion rate. In the seven games against everybody else, Mahomes has been six touchdowns, eight interceptions, and 59% completion rate. And like you were talking about beating up on bad competition, I mean, they got a really good win against the Cowboys, who are a really good team, but they beat the Packers, who had Jordan Love at quarterback. They beat the Raiders twice, the Giants, and the Broncos. So it's not like they went up against some real strong competition in those six wins. And the good team that they did play, the Packers and the Cowboys, uh, didn't even have Aaron Rodgers at the time. So they got they kind of caught a break there. And I don't know. I'm not sure that Mahomes is back to being Mahomes quite yet, even with the win streak. But there's no doubt he's a dangerous dude. I mean, you know, what the Chargers did in week three and what you talked about. I mean, they had the two deep safeties. They bracket everything over the top. They were forcing Mahomes to try to make throws and try to make plays. And uh, a lot of time, and a couple times he was doing too much and they got turnovers. So they'll need to do that again. And another part of this is keeping Mahomes in the pocket because going back and watching week three, he scrambled for 40 yards. I mean, he was able to extend uh, quite a few plays. But, um, you know, it seems like since the Baltimore game, the Chargers have been pretty good at being able to contain these quarterbacks that were are pretty mobile. So uh, I th think they'll be okay. But once you get Matt Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket, I mean, he's he has the most completions outside of the pocket in the NFL this season. So he can definitely uh, make the plays on the move. But, you know, again, this isn't the Mahomes we're used to seeing. This is still a good team, but um, it's a different type of Chiefs team because it seems like right now, and we'll get to it, the Chiefs defense is kind of keeping them alive in games. And offense is just doing enough to kind of push them over the edge. Yeah, I think the big takeaway for me watching the offense really is that I think the Chiefs offensive identity is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think they've been really slow to embrace that change. Um, they've always been a big play downfield passing, you know, kind of backyard offense where Mahomes gets out of the pocket, everybody goes deep and he just outthrows the coverage. And they haven't been able to get away with that as much this year. They spent a lot of money in draft picks and a lot of time rebuilding their offensive line during the offseason. 
They added Orlando Brown. They added Joe Tunney. Um, they added Creed Humphrey. They added uh, Trey Smith. They basically rebuilt the entire offensive line in one offseason. And it seems to me that their offense is really – it moves. It's, it, it's the most efficient and the most effective when they're running the ball between the tackles in particular with Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they're just not – they're not willing to stick to it. Even when it's working, they're not willing to stick to it. Like I said, it'll work for 30 or 40 yards. Then they'll get impatient, and it's like, okay, we crossed the 50. Let's go get it all in one play. And they get away from what got them across the 50 in the first place. And I think that's kind of what's haunting them is they still want to be that fun, exciting, downhill, backyard style of offense. And as the defense has been built up, which we'll talk about here in a minute, really – the short passing game and the running game seems to be the most effective thing for them right now as teams are sitting more in that too deep zone and, you know, forcing Mahomes to make throws between the safety or taking, you know, putting the top on the defense. Uh, they need to be more committed to running the ball. And we may see that this week given the Chargers run defense, but it's not something they have been willing to stick to for a full game. Really, even during this win streak, um, they just, they get away from it at times. It's kind of Andy Reid's way. Uh, they get away from it and it stalls things out and they get, they get bogged down and uh, hopefully they'll stick with that, that pattern this on Thursday, because if they start getting into that, you know, we want to chuck it deep. We want to get it all in one play. I think there are going to be some opportunities to get to Mahomes in the pocket and force some turnovers and hopefully get some three and outs. If they get really impatient and they just start trying to throw the ball deep. Yeah. It seems like the script now for the chiefs is running that too high look. And, uh, wouldn't you guess it? Uh, it's the Raiders who aren't doing that too high look and that's why they're getting their asses handed to them against the chiefs. Uh, Mike Clay says the chiefs have faced two high safeties less than 40% of the time in only two games. And of course that's against the Raiders week 10, the Raiders ran it 28% of the time with two high looks. They put 41 points on the Raiders in week 14 last week, only 24% of the time. They didn't learn the first time they, they got 48 points put up on them. So in the other 11 games where teams ran two high safeties over 40% of the time, which was the chargers in week three, uh, they scored an average of 23.8 points per game. So, you know, good old Gus Bradley, uh, if it's broke, don't fix it. You know, you know, that yep. good old adage. <laughs> so, you know, this, this is another, you know, they can't be too cute this week. Um, this should be a non-issue, but of course, you know, chargers run that too deep uh, defense and that's something they're going to have to do again this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe even show some one deep looks and then rotate back into two deep looks and try to confuse mm -hmm. Mahomes uh, yeah. as much as possible. It just seems like he's, he's going through some of the same things that, uh, that Herbert was going through in, in the middle of the season where, those two deep looks, he's just instantly dumping the ball down. Either that or he's holding and pumping and sitting in the pocket and just waiting for people to outrun coverage. And that just hasn't been happening. So give him those two deep looks, keep him in the pocket, come after him, you know, up the middle, get some pressure in his face. I think good things will happen. Yeah, and you you were talking about the run game. I mean, Edwards Hilaire had 100 yards on the ground. It was kind of the peak of that failing run defense for the Chargers, who have somewhat improved uh, recently. Uh, he uh, Edwards Hilaire went down in week five. Has played the last three weeks. Uh, hasn't rushed for over 65 yards since then. Uh, looks like he's kind of getting his uh, legs still under him. I mean, the Chargers haven't gotten up uh, 100 yards on the ground since what is it? Week five with Nick Chubb. It's been a while since they've had. Uh, put up that much on the ground from a single rusher, but you know, it just seems like the run defense is getting a little bit better. Uh, 
Edwards Hilaire is still getting his legs under him. And the Chiefs don't trust, like you're talking about, trust to run the ball, to set up the pass. They just want to get it all in one go and let Mahomes work his magic. But it doesn't seem like it's working as often as it has in the past. So uh, I obviously it's going to be a big point of contention here for the Chargers to stop the run. Um, we'll get to the receivers in a little bit. But, you know, uh, this, this to me, it doesn't seem like it's as big of a threat as it was to begin the year when they played him in week three. What doesn't seem like as big of a threat? The run, the, game? the run game. It doesn't seem as strong as it was in week three. They, I mean, they were they were running downhill. The Chiefs were in week three, and I just the last three weeks, it doesn't seem like they're sticking with it as long. And I don't think Edwards Hilaire has looked as good as he did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're definitely willing to run it, but it seems like they're just running it strictly to set up the deep passing game, and they're not willing to stick with it even when it's working. So, hopefully, they stick with that. Yeah. And so then on offense, it's, you know, guys we're used to seeing it's Tyreek Hill. It's guys like McCole Hardman and Travis Kelsey. And, you know, the chargers uh, did a really good job of taking everything away deep. What they did is they gave the chiefs the run game and all that Travis Kelsey underneath, but they took away Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman's deep plays, which is nice. No player had over 20 yards last time they met, except a blown coverage on Travis Kelsey where he's one-on-one with a linebacker. I'll let you guess which number, uh, which linebacker that was at that time in week three. <laughs> but uh, the last time they met Tyreek Hill had 53 yards. Hardman had 33 and it was Kelsey who kind of carved him up. He had a hundred yards receiving. He had 11 targets. So assuming Derwin James is back, they're going to have to do what they can to limit Kelsey. Uh, obviously Derwin won't be shadowing Kelsey, but it's going to be a heavy rotation of Derwin, uh, Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil to limit Kelsey. Chris Harris Jr. has played really good back-to-back weeks, so uh, hopefully he'll have another strong showing here too. But if Derwin and Asante Samuel Jr. are going on Thursday, I would leave Nas over the top of Tyreek Hill as kind of that double-team the majority of the game, and then I'd have guys chip Kelsey at the line, then have White or Tranquil crash down and just basically make McCall Hardman beat you. Because it just seems like if you can double... Tyreek as much as you can at least bracket him so you limit those big plays and you kind of take you've got two good coverage linebackers and white and tranquil underneath that can hang somewhat hang with Kelsey I think uh there's a pretty good matchup here for the Chargers defense yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of rotation of Derwin Michael Davis um tranquil and white rotating through with Kelsey I hope maybe so. even bracketing him at times yeah. um being physical with him I thought I saw a lot of frustration in Kelsey's eyes, having trouble getting off the line at times. Just seemed like he was frustrated with himself, frustrated with the coverages, frustrated with not getting, you know, penalties called in his favor. Uh, he just doesn't. He didn't didn't seem as um, as confident as he normally does. I don't know if that's the right word, but he just seemed frustrated. Uh, the, the whole offense seems frustrated, but uh, I think they can kind of grind Kelsey down, be physical with him coming off the line of scrimmage, make him earn his way down the field, mix up the coverages against him, against Kelsey. Um, and like you said, bracket Tyreek and make somebody else beat you. Yeah. You know, let him run the ball, let him throw the ball underneath. You got to tackle, get, get people on the ground the first time gang tackle, get them on the ground. Uh, don't allow a ton of um, yak. Uh, one of the things that I noticed the last few weeks with the chiefs is, they're throwing the ball underneath more and guys are, you know, catching the, the tight end screens and the halfback screens, the smoke screens, for the wide receivers, the bubble screens, and they're making guys miss and they're getting, you know, it seems like 90% of their receiving yards are coming on yak. Um, 
which is becoming an extension of the running game. So you got to make that first tackle, get them on the ground, you know, set them up in second and long, third and long, um, find ways to get Bosa lined up inside uh, one-on-one with the guards, run some of those, you know, tackle and stunts that we saw um, a couple weeks ago and be creative with the pass rush in third and long and find ways to overload one side of the line, create some one-on-one matchups and, and get after Mahomes. But you have to pressure him in his face. You got to pressure him in his face, make him pull the ball down. He'll dance a little bit and then the edge guys can get to him. Yep. Yeah. I'd love to see more Nas and Derwin as blitzers off the edge, less of Chris Harris Jr. Of course, but uh, also sending some white and tranquil. Those are some good packages uh, a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati. Definitely. All right. So uh, let's move on to the defense. Cause this is what we, uh, we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier. This has been uh the kind of helping them win, kind of pushing them over the threshold a little bit. The offense has struggled at times. They do enough to win games, but it's the defense. They kind of been putting the clamps down. So it's kind of the opposite of what we've seen from the chiefs recently. And this defense right now is gaining steam at the end of the year. Yeah. The defense is playing really well, really at pretty, for the most part at all three levels. Um, they're getting a lot of production out of the defensive line, particularly in the pass rush situations. Um, adding Melvin Ingram was a big boost for them. He's been playing extremely well off the right side of the offensive line. Frank Clark, always good off the left side. Um, I, I think that's helped take some pressure off of uh, Chris Jones and helped him play a little bit better. I do think there's one um, one area of weakness for this, well, actually two areas of weakness for this group. I think with Chris Jones likely, hopefully, you know, out with COVID this week and not playing, their defensive tackles aren't playing great. I think you can run downhill at Jerron Reed and at, um, naughty, naughty. They're yep. both struggling. Teams are having a lot of success running between the, between the tackles and off tackle against that group. Um, and I think their linebackers offer some opportunities there. Um, yep. I don't think Nick Bolton has played very well. Uh, Nick Neiman, not Nick Neiman, um, Ben Neiman, Ben Neiman, <laughs> his brother, brother. Yep. Uh-huh. Ben Neiman has struggled. Uh, I think there are going to be some opportunities to make some plays against those linebackers. And with Javorius Sneed out, you know, you're, you're getting down to their third and fourth corners. I think there might be some opportunities to make some plays deep uh, against their corners. So some opportunities, but really that, I mean, that secondary as a whole has played extremely well. Yeah. Yeah. They might get, they might get Sneed back, but yeah, Chris Jones uh, probably not going to play this week. Um, I mean, that's a huge loss for that defense. I mean, he is one of the, uh, he's kind of the heartbeat of that defense. I mean, he makes everybody on that defensive line better. He is a game wrecker. Um, guys like naughty drawn Reed, even like Alex Okafor, they all feed off of guy off of Chris Jones. And, you know, this was a bad group to start the year, but have improved. This defensive line group has improved towards the end of the year. And, you know, without Jones, this opens up, uh, the definitely the running game because that's their best run defender. And, uh, you know, I guess we got to talk about on the edges because if, if Slater doesn't go, that's kind of going to be the major focus because if it's not, if it's not Rashawn Slater, it's going to be Trey Pipkins. Uh, he Brandon Slay, uh, Brandon Staley was asked about moving Filer out to tackle. And he said, that's just not the plan right now. So it seems like Staley would rather make the one move rather than make two and shuffle the line. And it's going to be Trey Pipkins and storm Norton on, Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram, which is going to be a tough ask for those backup tackles. Uh, yeah, I, th- I would say tough ask is an understatement. <laughs> um, I think that might limit the Chargers' ability to take 
to stretch the field as much as they'd probably like to in this game. You're probably going to have to see much more of a short passing game to get Herbert in rhythm, get the ball out quickly, and hopefully see the wide receivers make some plays in space and gets pick up some yak. But yeah, I mean, with Pipkins and Norton as the bookends, um, it's gonna they're going to have to chip a lot. They're going to have to double team a lot. They're going to have to be creative in the way that they help those guys. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to have to do with how quickly they're getting the ball out. I just don't think that they can feel comfortable ha- asking Justin Herbert to sit back in the pocket for five to seven step drops, hold the ball and try to push the ball down the field. I just think that's, you're asking way too much of, of Norton and Pipkins at that time, at that point. So they're going to have to run the ball downhill. I doubt they'll do it, but I'd love to see more of Darius Bradwell in this game as a big back to compliment Eric, um, to compliment um, Austin Eckler, excuse uh-huh. me, a lot less of Joshua Kelly, <laughs> ideally. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and mix in some screen games. I mean, with the way those edge players are getting up the field and the way they're likely to get up the field this week with, if Slater doesn't play and with Norton and Pipkins out there, mix in some screens. They're going to have to mix in some draws. They're going to have to be creative about you know forcing those those edge players to stop and think and hesitate and not just letting them come straight up field on every play. Um, they're going to have to keep them honest and they're going to have to make them work, uh, make them defend the run, run off the edge, run some of those jet sweeps, run some reverses, yeah. you know, just try to get that. the defense moving one way, come back and counter the other way. Um, they're going to have to be creative to help those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention it. They're going to have to, I mean, even though it's going to be tough for uh, Slater and Pipkin or for uh, Norton and Pipkins, they're going to have to try to run off tackle and um, they're going to have to try to use these edge rush for speed against them, kind of tire them out a little bit. And it's going to, you know, chances are low that Slater's going to play. So obviously you hope he can, but I, like you were talking about, I was going to mention, I mean, this has got to be a game where they have a quick timing offense. They got to get the ball out fast. Uh, a lot, of, uh, hopefully some like no huddle, quick, quick moving offense, tire them out. Uh, you know, while making less work for these tackles and, you know, kind of like how the offense was working in week three, where it was, a quicker offense and Mike Williams was getting quick timing routes and they were quick posts and nothing deep yet. They hadn't quite worked on that yet. And uh, I think it's got to be a more faster paced offense than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Cause Herbert's had time the last couple of weeks and this week he's not going to have it. If Pipkins and Norton are on the edges. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you've got to be quicker to get the ball out and you've got to be smart about how and when you take your shots and how often you're asking Herbert to, sit in the pocket and survey the whole field deep. Um, Got to get some of those slants in. Um, maybe try to find some holes in the in the Chiefs cover two and, uh, you know, get the ball down the sidelines between the safety and the corner. Um, find some opportunities for, for uh, Joshua Palmer to create some plays underneath. He looked really good last week. So, you know, kind of expanding that role for Palmer. Um, having kind of two Keenans on the field at one time, being able to get open underneath might help loosen things up over the top later in the game. Um, so they're, they're going to have to find ways to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think this defense allows for it because uh, like you, like we're talking about this linebacker group is probably their biggest weak spot with Bolton and Neiman and Hitchens. I mean, they, they are a pretty good blitzing group. Uh, they've gotten some uh, good action getting after the quarterback uh, being sent at the second level, but making these guys run and cover and have to, you know, keep up with guys like Keenan and Palmer and having to jump routes. It's just not that they just aren't capable of doing that. And I think there's a, uh, there's a good 
part of this offense that could work in the middle of this field. Uh, Mike, Mike, Hughes, like the corners are really good in the secondary. Mike Hughes is playing like his best ball. Uh, I think they're going to get Legereus Sneed back this week. Uh, he was out because he was grieving his brother, the loss of his brother last week. But Charvavi, uh, Charvarius Ward. Uh, I thought playing Steve pretty- was on the COVID list. Wasn't he added to the COVID list this week? Was he? I think he was. Oh, oh. I didn't catch that part. Uh, let me see. I'm pretty sure he okay. was. You check it out. But either way, I mean, they, they've got some corners that have been playing pretty good this year, and they're an aggressive group too. But uh, obviously, the Chargers going to have to uh, attack them. And I think it will be smart to try to get these linebackers in some one-on-one, make a, one-on-one matchups, make them run and cover. This is a group that can be attacked. So, you know, they got a good secondary, a good back end. Uh, the defensive line takes a hit without Chris Jones. And the middle of that defense is uh, prime and open for these wide receivers and uh, obviously some tight ends too. And you're talking about getting some screens going. I love the idea of doing that. We've been talking about it for a long time now, maybe 15 weeks now, but how about uh, going away from Donald Parham just once this game? Uh, There's a Donald Parham screen the last, it feels like the last four or five weeks that just haven't really worked as well as they did the beginning of the year. Let's get some quicker guys with the ball in their hands, like Eckler or maybe even Roberts, somebody else please yeah i think there are opportunities for for parham to make plays I, i'm just not sure the screen game is where right those opportunities lie no did you find anything on sneed uh i do see that he was mourning his brother's loss uh doesn't doesn't look like he's on the COVID list though i must have imagined that all right so i mean uh, other than and this is just a blanket one limiting turnovers is a big one too because the chiefs defense has been on a roll and they've been getting a lot of turnovers and cashing in on it. They're sixth in the league in scoring defense. They returned a fumble last week against the Raiders. Um, they forced four fumbles and an interception against the Raiders. That offense was bad, and they cannot, the Chargers being they, cannot gift the uh, Kansas City defense any turnovers. And that goes for penalties too. And I and I know these are like givens, but the D- Chiefs defense is hot. They're making you pay if you turn it over. Last time they played in week three, the Chargers could have blown Kansas City out of the water in KC. They had a fourth down conversion that got called back because Keenan didn't get set. There is a um, there's a penalty on a touchdown that got called back because the Chargers got a penalty. I mean, you know, I think they look like they're kind of past that whole hiccup of the illegal shifts they were having early on in the season. But, you know, it just seems like they got to play a clean game on Thursday. That's no doubt. But they could have put up a lot of points and it wouldn't have been as close as it was in the final score if they would have just played a cleaner game the last guy, last time they played. And this time they got to do the same. Yeah, I mean, they can't afford to make mistakes. Uh, they're they're not at a point right now where they're good enough to overcome three or four turnovers. Yeah. We've seen that. You know, when they turn the ball over two or more times, they have a really hard time winning. So they have to protect the football. They have to play a clean game. Really, you'd like to see them force two to three turnovers in this game, uh, win the turnover battle and avoid gifting Kansas city extra possessions or short fields. That's where I think that's where the Kansas city offense is really killing teams right now is with the turnovers, sudden changes in short fields. Um, they're not really making the big plays down the field anymore, but when you give them a short field, they're more likely to, to take advantage of that. So got to protect the football. You got to take opportunities to turn the ball over defensively when they give you the opportunity to do so. And they will, there will be opportunities. They have Kelsey still having ball control issue or ball, um, ball security issues. I should security. say, 
Um, Mahomes has had some ball security issues. They're all having those issues. So there will be opportunities to knock those balls out and, and make plays on defense. Something the chargers have excelled at doing all year. They just had not really benefited from forcing those turnovers until the last few weeks. So got to, got to make those plays, got to turn those into turnovers and, uh, and take advantage of short fields yourself. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Brandon Staley and his coaching staff this week. You know, this is a huge game. Oh yeah. You know, is, is Staley going to play this the way he's played really the entire season and be aggressive on fourth down and in the red zone? Uh, you know, will he let the, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the magnitude of the game, you know, kind of overwhelm him and will he become passive? Uh, what kind of a game plan will they put together? How, how will he help, uh, Justin Herbert succeed? If in fact, Rashawn Slater's out of the game, um, I think we're going to learn a lot about the staff and I, I have confidence that they're, they're going to come out of it looking really good. I think this is a game the chargers can win, uh, as long as they do the things they need to do, they got, they got a one on first and second down on both sides of the ball, got to punch it in when they're in the red zone and they got to protect the football and, and not commit penalties. Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah, this is definitely a game. The chargers can win. I mean, they've, they won their first matchup and this is as close to a playoff game as they'll possibly get so far. So let's, uh, let's talk about it. Do you think the chargers win tomorrow night, Thursday night football, prime time, divisional matchup? I do. AFC West. I do because in spite of the wins the Chiefs have been stacking, I don't think they've been the defense has been playing well. But as a group, I don't think as a team, I don't think they've been playing that well. And I think it's because they're impatient, because they're they're frustrated on offense. They're just not as efficient as they've been in the past. So I, I do think the Chargers win this game. Um, I know the Chiefs' defense has been playing well. I have a feeling the Chargers will expose some things in that defense that other quarterbacks were not able to expose. I will say the chargers win 31, 23. So Justin Herbert's missing some key parts. That's going to be tough. And I know the chiefs have won six in a row, but this feels like, as you were talking, it kind of feels like the Cincinnati game where the chargers are catching a really hot team after a blowout win. They're seemingly peaking right before the chargers play them. Uh, they've got a defense that, while it doesn't look great on paper, like the corners, they're playing pretty well. And then, of course, the Chargers go out and expose the Cincinnati Bengals and those corners. But I I don't think the Chargers get, can get as many turnovers as they did the first week. And I just think that these backup tackles are going to give Herbert some real hard time and not enough time to make plays. So I think it comes down to the final possession. And I think it's so rare that you could sweep a season series with an Andy Reid-led Chiefs team that I think that they split the series. The Chargers lose. I'll say it comes down to a last-second field goal. Chiefs win 26-24. So I'll pick the Chiefs, but this is definitely a game the Chargers can win. Uh, I hope they do. And uh, so you got Chargers, I got Chiefs. We're split here. This is good. Yep. Good. All right. Well, so join us. We're going to talk about it on After Hours. We're going to be here right after the game ends tomorrow night for Thursday Night Football. I am at Garrett on Twitter. Jamie? At Lightning underscore Round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.